Hello and welcome to another episode of the VR Download. This is a show that uh, we do here in the Upload Virtual Studios. And uh, I'm here. My name is Kyle, by the way, your host. Hello. And I'm here with uh, my associate. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And as always, I'm going to always show off our cool hand tracking because it it never ceases to blow my mind how this gets better. Look, you can interlock your fingers now and it doesn't get lost. Hmm. Sort of. Ish. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Wow. So this is one of the... Uh, wonderful things about what we do on a daily basis is things just incrementally improve every day. And that's always a wonderful thing. Yeah. All right. So how, how's everybody doing out there in uh, virtual land in the metaverse? If you're watching us on YouTube right now, live welcome and uh, know that you can put chats into the video chat and we can see them here live on our little pad devices. Uh, I don't really know what we should call these, but uh, they are a handy little tool. Uh, this, we call the TV Stevie. We need to come up with Stevie a name the for TV. these pads. How about Chad the Pad? Chad the Pad. I hate Chads, though. I, I really this. don't like that name either, but I've known some nice Chads. So, And then there's like <laughs> the hanging Chads. So, yeah. uh, oh, no. Hello, Adam. <laughs> Hello, Techno Glitch. Hi, Mike. Hi, Ryan. Ryan, too. And Joe. Yeah. All right. So maybe we should put a maybe we should put it out to the masses and hey, if you can come up with a good name for the pads, again, know that the TV is Stevie the TV. And so we need a name for the pads. Preferably not Chad is, is yeah. what we're coming up with. I'm gonna yeah. pass on Chad, yeah. I hope we can okay. pass on Chad. All right. Well let let's uh let's get into the news, Ian. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Got quite a number of little fun things to talk about today, and we're going to start off with one that uh, I think could actually turn out to be fairly interesting. Um, Be curious to see how this turns out. So uh, our first piece of news here, refurbished original Oculus Quest. I almost said OG. Oculus Quest on sale for $199, and that's the original, the Quest 1. I don't know if we want to call it. Quest One, but uh, it's refurbished uh, for a limited time. Facebook ooh, for a limited time—that's intriguing. Facebook is selling refurbished versions of the original Oculus Quest for one hundred ninety-nine dollars. Ian, uh, do you do you personally find yourself buying a lot of refurbished equipment? No, 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 no. Yeah, I usually buy new uh, across the board, but I don't know two hundred. That's such a tempting price. I can understand why someone would want like. It's why it's why Oculus Go existed in the first place was because that two hundred dollar price point was so compelling, and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see Quest at that price. You know, when I think about the refurbished, the concept of refurbished, I have personally bought refurbished items before. I don't have a problem with refurbished as long as it has some level of warranty, uh, which I would imagine these do to some degree. Does, usually, yeah. A, a, yeah, refurbished is usually a lower warranty amount a lower amount of time but it's still something to give you but what what i want to bring up with the refurbished concept is what exactly are the fail points that would need to be refurbished on the quest original i mean what what are the things that they would have to refurbish in order to sell it 
it's funny because I have a brick. I have a brick of a Quest One uh, somewhere in a mm-hmm. in a box somewhere here, and I don't know where the fel- failure point on it was. I just can't get it to turn on. And don't leave me in the comments all the secret ways to to reset the iPad I've, or the not the iPad. I'm, people are all giving us names of all the pads in the comments, so it's in my mind. No, but uh, don't okay. tell me the ways to reset the Quest because I've tried everything with that original Quest and I can't bring it back. I don't know what's what what killed it. But yeah, the screen can go bad. The battery can, you know, lessen over time. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't, I just, I have a brick quest. I don't know what killed it, but I, have you had any quest die on you? I have not. I've got two OG quests that are, uh, very, very functioning and, uh, heavily used by, uh, my two children. And, uh, you know, my, my quest two is you know, on my head right now. So I don't, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's an Android device and I just, it, for a frame of reference, I have had multiple Android devices throughout my life. And I will say this, that there are a few Android devices that I have had that have just kaput, die, just mm-hmm. no, for no reason at all. And sometimes it requires a, a reset to a point where, and like you're saying, that there's all sorts of different ways to reset uh, a quest. Uh, I, I believe that that is indicative of it being an Android device. So there's a very good possibility that a couple dead pixels they pop out the screen, put a new one in, or uh, there's a, a you know a scratch on one of these little guys, you know, one of the little uh, cameras, or you know maybe something got unseated. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So here's the list: refurbished approval process and no visible cosmetic imperfections no scratches on the display no dents on any part of the equipment all branded markings letters and logos are intact because that's critical Uh, all previous accounts and data have been wiped if repaired all components must be from the original equipment manufacturer that's good to know and all refurbished headsets are backed by a 30-day returns policy and a six actually a six-month warranty that's pretty Solid. I most of the refurbished stuff that I've bought has always been like ninety days. Yeah, it'll it'll so, die after you know it'll die at month seven. But yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and that how it works? <laughs> it's a conspiracy. They're designed to die right after the warranty. Yeah, love it. I'm loving love the it. comments. I love all the comment names. Patrick, Madpad, the comment toplet, uh, Dad the Pad. I kind of like Dad the Pad, uh, but I also like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are great. Good. That's awesome. Uh so do you think that well first of all let's talk about the fact that it's limited time. Uh I think it's more along the lines of limited quantity if one had to guess. Uh but limited time means like ooh, you know, act now, supplies are limited. Uh do you think there's you know, 100,000 of these, a million, mm. 48? I mean, what what kind of quantity are we looking at? It's a it's a great question. I don't know. I, I, I'm more curious, kind of like the uh, what this serves Facebook in the larger context, because uh, it would be really cool if you could turn in your old quest to get a new quest and get a discount on a new quest over time. And I, I sort of wonder, like, if they can see what kind of you know the sales rates are of of the original quest at this price, and. Uh, you know, maybe when the Quest Three comes out, they could take all your old Quest Twos and make some money back on you know breaking them down for parts and selling off those components, um, and then give you a discount on Quest Three or something like that. That's exactly what Apple does uh, with some of their you know programs, and some of the carriers have sort of 
programs where you turn in your old device and get a new device. Um, yeah, I don't know how many there would be out there because they, they never gave us an indication of how big that Quest one, 1 market was. Well, not just that, but the bigger question is, is where did these come from? Are these duds off the line? Or are these mm-hmm. returns uh, that people got, you know, they swapped them out? Or these, you know, what exactly, where, what is the source of these? Well, remember, they did take the, you know, they did stop Quest 1 sales pretty suddenly to roll out Quest 2. So maybe those were, you know, they had to figure out what to do with them eventually. And it just makes sense, you know, six months later to kind of quietly roll them out, test out the $200 price tag, test out how quickly they get pulled up at that price. Uh, yeah. So to me, maybe they seemed, were left on shelves. Yeah, but to me, it seems extremely intelligent to uh, put that two hundred dollar price point on last year. I mean, the, the 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 OG Quest is perfectly viable still for you know most of the games. I don't want to say all because somebody will point out this one doesn't. No, uh, but the Quest is still a solid piece of kit for VR experiences. And the more that they can put this hardware into people's hands, the more likely they're going to get more sales off of it. So this just creates more people who can buy games from the platform. But but let's be fair, like the commenters, and we've said this ourselves in the article, you know, $100 more for the Quest 2 for $300 is... If you can afford it, go get it. I mean, it's a lighter device, more powerful, better frame rate. All of these things are dramatic, dramatic, you know, will have a huge effect on your overall experience. So if you can afford the Quest 2, go for it. And if you don't mind Facebook, go for it. Of course, you know, that's 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 assumed in everything we say. You know, you have to not mind Facebook if you're going to get a Quest. Um, but just, you know, it's a it's a brick, right? I mean, the Quest 1 is still a brick, and the Quest 2 is still heavy. But, like, just keep that in mind. If you can afford the Quest 2, go get it. Sure, yes. In, like in most tech, if you can afford the next step up, definitely take that step. That's, uh, that's definitely uh, good advice, Ian. <laughs> Dad, Daddy Patty. I like Brad Patty. Daddy Patty. I think. I think I've. I think that might be used. Uh. <laughs> Dad, the pad, Patrick. Uh. Patrick is growing on me. Professor uploads Miracle Word Square. I kind of like that one too, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. Uh-oh. I'm glad to see that the exciting topics are the ones that are getting the most attention. Uh, <laughs> I love our audience. Thank you so much, you guys. And girls are awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, we let's are gonna, get into the next. Yeah, we'll need a phone eventually, right? Because we're, we're this is the new this is the fir- the the end medium is what they call it, right? And so we're sort of you know we've got our legacy TV and our legacy pad. We'll need a legacy phone, and you know while we're wearing the latest greatest virtu- virtual reality gear. Do we want a phone or do we want it to go straight into like a watch? You know, like Ooh, I can just go yeah. like this and be like. You know, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, actually, here's the challenge. Heaney, I hope you're listening. I want to be able to take the pad and pick it up and like shrink it down and pull it bigger and, you know, pull it really huge and throw it on the wall. That's what I want. Dynamic. That's what it's all about. No, no. Good word for you. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy with it, Heaney. Don't change anything. It's great. <laughs> oh man well, well we'll talk about that in the next staff meeting <laughs>
All right, let's get into the next piece of news because uh, it's actually quite interesting. Uh, this is something that a lot of us have been waiting for to some degree. Oculus Quest 2 gets multi-user support and local app sharing. Facebook started rolling out the ability to log into multiple accounts on Oculus Quest 2 alongside local app sharing. Now, now here's what's interesting for me, Ian, and I'm sure you've got the same experience at your home. Uh, there's a situation where you've got multiple headsets, but your account is only associated to one. So maybe, you know, kid over here has one or somebody else has one and you've bought the game, but they haven't. And, you know, you spend 30 bucks on Beat Saber and you want to be able to play with somebody else in the house. Do you have to buy it three times? Uh, yeah, usually do. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so the language on the app sharing is very, very particular from Facebook. They even said in their blog post that it's. Uh, Things could change as there's more quests out there in the market. The way uh, account sharing and app sharing works might change. So there's kind of like a heads up that this this could be just the initial way that we do all this. Um, you have an admin account on a quest. So that's the account that gets factory reset that you can like remotely reset it if you need to. But that's like the parent account of the quest. And then you can add multiple accounts that are also usable on that headset. And uh, those get access to the admin accounts, shared apps. So obviously, I had this issue over Christmas. I, I mentioned it on previous shows where uh, my brother's daughter was, you know, she was logged into uh, a second quest I had. And my brother accidentally live streamed to her Facebook page, our ping pong match in VR. And so mm. like there's people, her her friends and uh, are commenting on her Facebook page thinking she's playing table tennis when it's actually her dad and me playing table tennis. And it's like, that, <laughs> that can't get more awkward. So this is going to make, make that a lot smoother and erase that from happening when people can switch accounts really fast. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the app sharing though is really, you do have to m more or less buy it again uh, when you have multiple headsets. And uh, honestly, you know, like I, I can't not, you know, every app purchase, supports a developer out there and we talk to these developers all the time and they're hardworking people who are just trying to make a living uh doing what they love making the future building software that you know no one has ever even imagined existing before and they've actually you know making it real and so like when you have to buy an app multiple times i understand it and and i kind of you know it's tough to buy Beat Saber six times and it, that money specifically goes to Facebook. So that's not a great example, but like there's a lots of games out there that you're really supporting a person out there who's very hardworking. So, so here, here's one spot where I feel like it's going to be the most beneficial to me. Uh, I, uh, am really bad at echo. <laughs> I I'm terrible at echo. Uh, uh, and, and my daughter is, uh, well, she's ruthless and awesome and level 50. Uh, she actually originally, when she started playing was playing on, shh, don't tell anybody at Facebook on my account, leveled me up to 50. Then I said, no, 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 no. When I got the Quest 2, I'm like, this one is yours. This is your Quest. You connect it to your Facebook account, and you relevel yourself up. And so she did. Uh, if that had been a game that cost 50 bucks, 
she's already invested in one account and now she's yeah. switching over to another one. Uh, luckily it's, you know, echoes not 50 bucks, but now my account is leveled up to 50. So when I go into play, all these people are like, how are you level 50? You suck. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Just getting crushed. Yeah. I am not good at it. <laughs> no, it's a tough game. Yeah. I I've played it a bunch. I love the game. It's an amazing game. Amazing team sport. And you can go in there and spectate a lot now too, can't you? Uh, pretty cool. I, I think I've heard that. I haven't tried to do that myself. But I think the reality of this is is that now I could have shared the headset with her. She could have had her account. I could have had my account. And never the twain shall they meet, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that's, uh, I think that's very valuable, especially for families, you know. Yeah. Do we have any I like comments? The, sorry that the commenters are just scrapping me, Mike, saying that our avatars have chairs but no butts or legs. It's a good point, but it's better, you know, that we don't have backs on our chairs, so our heads aren't disappearing into the into the chairs. But we just like we don't like to imagine that we have legs. Eventually, one day we'll have legs, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, inverse kinematics are hard. We don't have arms either. We just have hands. No, no elbows. I like right. I like Ryan's comment here that the pad could become a wristwatch that maybe Heaney could just give you a pad on your wrist and then you've got you've got exactly what you wanted. You can just It's all I ever wanted. Have this giant pad on your on your wrist. Digging it, man. Digging it. All right. Hey, let's move on to the next piece of news. What do you say? Yep. I'm going to actually switch this up a bit because I believe that the next logical thing to talk about since we're on this quest kick here uh, actually, no, uh, there's one more thing I want to bring up about app sharing. I just took a look at my notes here. Is app sharing only on Quest 2? Uh, multi-user support is only on Quest 2. They're only doing uh, that initially on Quest 2 for now. Uh, I think they're planning to bring it to Quest. It's, it was in their post, but it's launching only on Quest 2, which is kind of a bummer for those Quest 1 people out there. It's also very interesting because it feels like I wonder why they wouldn't roll it out to everybody all all at once. Yeah, it's 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 sort of suggestive of the way that Facebook uh, iterates and and how focuses their teams more or less. So kind of like the, it kind of an indication that their focus is on Quest Two right now, and if there's any change needed to make it compatible with Quest One. Yeah, we'll get to it down the line, but our focus needs to be on the platform that's in most people's hands at any given moment. And they they did that with Rift. They kind of did it with Go, where they just like put the put these devices on the back burner when they become, mm -hmm. you know, no longer the priority for them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, next piece of news here. Facebook's Bosworth, Boz, Andrew Bosworth, hints at 120 hertz refresh rate on Quest 2 simply by doing this. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, in his latest Instagram AMA, Andrew Bosworth teased the potential of the potential of Oculus Quest 2 running at a higher 120 hertz refresh rate. Now, I, I first of all, totally cool. The higher the refresh rate, the, the the smoother everything will be and blah, blah, blah. Of course, it takes a lot of power to do that. And so, you know, what's a 30% increase in battery drain going to do for you? You yeah. know, if, if, it, if it pans out that way, I don't know for sure. 
We'll see. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how it works. It could one of the theories is it could be a link feature that it's mm. it's something you get when you link it and and have the wired connection. And of course, that would be interesting too if that's a precursor to them going wireless because like when you do the wired connection, maybe you could go up to 120, and then when you go wireless, maybe you're st- stuck at 90 or 72. Um, sure. more often and you could that's how they could balance that battery consumption situation is by sort of figuring out how to make those trade-offs happen uh if you've got a wired connection you've obviously got a charge coming coming in yeah now we we all know that uh michael abrash at one point said that we need to hit 240 so we're j- slowly going from 30 to 60 to 72 to 90 to 120 uh you know 144 i guess is next and then you know, maybe we do hit 240. Do, do we have monitors yet that are at 240? I don't remember. I think 144 is the pretty is pretty standard right now for like if you want top end gaming. I don't know if I've seen ones go faster, but of course they always announce them at CES, and it's like, yeah, it's theoretically possible. Uh, but whether it's a consumer product or even like a, a consumer product that's affordable is an entirely different question. Sure, sure. I wonder if it generates more heat if it goes to a higher refresh rate. It reminds me of uh, I remember HDR. Uh, there was a one of the people at Valve made a comment at one of the I think it was GDCs uh, spoke about. Actually, I don't remember when this was actually the comment was made, but Valve apparently experimented with HDR displays, and they said they had like a beach scene with the sun coming down. And the heat coming off the display made it that much more immersive to actually feel like you're on the beach with the heat beating down on you. That's how much heat was coming off the display. And I thought that was pretty funny. I would have loved to experience that. It's a good thing it wasn't Antarctica Once. at night or that would have been a completely different situation. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. 120 hertz. That's fun. Uh, battery life. Eh, that's unfortunate. But, hey, that's the trade-off, you know. Uh, any new fun comments there? Yeah, the people talking about all the, yeah, there's 360 hertz monitors. Linus Tech Tips has a review of a 240 hertz screen. Um, people talking about giving you, they, they say that you should have the, the tablets as your hands, uh, Kyle. That would be, that would solve everything if you just had the tablet right as your hands instead. So I'll just look up like this. Okay. In the next piece of news is, as I hold my hands in front of my face, eh, I kind of like stationary here. Eh, I kind of like that. I would like it to be on like a swivel so I can move it around a little bit. I don't know. Picky. That's the lovely part about development is when you get to this part where you're doing all the nitty gritty nitpicky stuff. And so oh, let's just move this over just another inch. That'd be perfect. That's the fun part of development. Daniel so has do we a have comment here. Else to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, asking about Shadow PC. I can't say anything except uh, check our website tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. ominous. Yeah. All right. I, I can't say anything else, but yeah, that's a okay. good question. And uh, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hey, let's talk about guns. <laughs> Striker VR. <laughs> Striker VR raises four million. Hold on, let's see if I get four million dollars uh, for a consumer VR gun accessory. Now, uh, Striker VR says it raised four million in a strategic funding round and plans to 
Bring It Soon to be announced consumer product to market with a variety of content later this year. Uh, I have used this gun. Uh, in uh, at expos, I've seen multiple iterations of it over the course of several years, and I, I have to be honest, it feels awesome. It is an amazing feeling. Have you tried this, Ian? Yeah, it's usually shown with OptiTrack in like the their most mm-hmm. giant setups. So OptiTrack is the camera company that makes you know the really high end uh, camera sensors that you have to line the whole area with dozens of these cameras to track every little thing. And it costs hundreds of thousand dollars to equip these OptiTracks everywhere. And then uh, I want to say some of these guns had some of these uh, lights inside of them so they could be better picked up by those cameras. And yeah, they feel amazing when you've got like a backpack PC and you can walk around the whole space. It's amazing. But obviously it's such a painful, all the, you know, all those cameras is just no one's ever going to actually do that. And so the the question on my mind, everyone else's mind, is this going to work with standalone VR and the Quest? And how is, is like, what kind of games is it going to work with? Yeah, you would either have to be able to attach a controller to it, uh, or it's going to have to be able to be tracked like our hands are being tracked. And obviously that throws a whole nother level of of uh, weirdness to it because, you know, you have occlusion still to deal with. You have, I mean, here, I'll, I'll make my hands. Oh, 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 my hands disappeared. Oh, no. But that one didn't. Nope. Oh, no. Wrong hand. Okay. See, so there's all sorts of like just even right now type of problems. So if I go and try to grab this gun and I'm holding it like this and I decide to push it down here, you know, just to kind of go around a corner or something, poof, the gun is gone. Oh, there's my hand. You know, it, it's uh, I, I am also very curious as to how they are going to tackle that. But I do think that there are possible ways. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, I went back, I emailed uh, the company a little bit about it to understand where they're going. And they were pretty vague with their answers, to be perfectly honest. And uh, but one of the things is uh, you can obviously put a controller, mount it into the top of the gun and the controller tracking ring would be visible to the headset. And obviously there's these homemade 3D printed and even some accessories you can buy. Mm-hmm. And they have integration with some of the some of the games out there. And you can, so you can do this today with your own accessories and have products like this. Pistol Whip, there was that amazing uh, custom gun that was made for Pistol Whip. Um, so there's some great solutions out there. It's just there needs, to your point about losing tracking when it goes down and that sort of thing, there still needs to be some integration with the headset in order for this to be a really fantastic experience. There's latency of the haptics to consider. There's when the gun is down at your side to consider, like, how how does that behavior work? Does the headset try to figure out the gun's location, even if it's, you know, low? Um, and there's obviously all the different ways you can hold a gun that need to be, you know, it needs to be work, uh, no matter how you're holding it. Cause there's nothing more fun than like holding a gun sideways and shooting around a corner and still, you know, getting the bad guys he's coming and not exposing your body. So it needs to work in lots of conditions like that. Yeah. You need to be able to like walk up to somebody and like, you know, you know, hold it way up here like this. You need to be able to do that. Um, let, let, let's, let's take out the uh, challenges 
the tracking challenges from this gun. And let's say that they've got it perfect. They nail it. It's amazing. It tracks wonderfully. It feels great. What are you, Ian, who plays Pistol Whip and games like that, what are you willing to pay for something like this? Honestly, it's – I pay a lot. I, I I think it's worth a couple hundred dollars potentially. I don't think they'll price at that point, but there's enough people out there that – I don't know, that you just leave the controllers at home. They just want to go in there for one or two gun games. They're going to buy the headset for just two shooter games. And, you know, you need to have the best accessory possible for that shooter game. And if you can make a great gun with great haptics, that's a package in and of itself that is better than, you know, the the controller package. Uh, And obviously with hand tracking getting so good, there's the potential that you can still play some, you know, hand tracking specific games. Uh, or you know, control your media and still get to certain things without the controllers. I don't think they're going to segment the audience, right? And and you know, all those developers who made games with controllers aren't going to like. You're not going to leave them out in the cold overnight uh, because now you're supporting a gun instead. It's just it's worth a lot. I think there's plenty of people who would want a quest with that experience. It would be. Uh... It would be terrible for us not to mention the fact that this product was originally designed for location-based entertainment experiences. So your places like, I don't know, The Void or some of these other uh, location-based where you go to an arcade and they suit you up, this is the type of thing. Now, uh, unfortunately, as a result of our current universe situation of coronavirus and lockdowns and quarantines and just general stupidity all the way around, people aren't able to go back to the LBEs right now, the location-based entertainment centers, and experience stuff like this. So do you think Stryker is just pivoting, uh, very unusually too, because normally we see it the other direction, they're pivoting from enterprise to consumer as, as opposed to the other way around? Yeah, it's a great question. And that was one of the ultimate questions is they wouldn't say who has invested in them right now. And I can, there's lots of reasons why that could be the case, right? Uh, They're just not ready. And there's plenty of reasons. But I also wonder about the value of a gun to Facebook at this point. Um, Several of the gun games out there are in the top earners onward. And um, Population One, I believe, are two of the games to have earned more than $10 million on the Quest platform. Uh, this would be fun with Pop One. Hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think there's, there's you know, uh, a, a fair chance, but it obviously it could be anyone. There's a fair chance Facebook could have invested in them. Um, even so, uh, yeah. Why does it matter who invested in them? Like who? Well, who would be a naughty person that you'd be like? I don't want to see this product exist now. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the the reason I bring that up is Facebook has had kind of an uncomfortable relationship with the idea of guns and gun games over the years. I went to Oculus Connect, uh, all the Oculus Connects and Facebook Connects, and at the last one, I remember uh, John Carmack getting one of I think it was ProTube. It might have been their uh, gun stock. But he tried, you know, the gun stock with uh, a quest, I think it was, 
And I remember him commenting that there's, you know, I'm going to try to see if we can get, I'm paraphrasing in the worst possible way right now. I don't, I always <laughs> like quoting people uh, directly, but it was more or less the implied that Facebook has a really uncomfortable relationship with the idea of guns uh, being associated with their technology. They're trying to make, you know, they, they pitch these platforms as creation platforms, as socially nice, you know, making friends that you've never had a chance to meet before, you, you know, finding communities that you can't actually find uh, because they're on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world. So, like, these headsets are supposed to connect you, not what we're talking about here, you know, shooting, shooting people. And so, like, there's an uncomfortability there with Facebook, with the idea of guns. And I think guns are, you know, gun games are what gamers want. So, uh, you know, Boneworks, right? Boneworks is an incredible project that's all surrounded around the physics and quality of guns. And speaking of, you know, that's another point in this, you know, where is the Boneworks game for Quest? Uh, and mm. what would it benefit from having something like this? Because keep in mind, uh, to be clear here, Boneworks itself is not going to come to Quest. It's too big a game. But they did say at one of the Facebook events that Boneworks, a game in the Boneworks universe was going to come to Quest. And it would be amazing to have a, a, a gun like this for that. Yeah, I mean, and it would be. And I think it is a very difficult, uh, very thin line that you have to walk on to have first person shooter experiences, but not push guns i mean facebook has to there you know i think a lot of companies they waffle back and forth on whether or not uh they should endorse games that can be perceived as overly violent or they could be extremely cathartic and depending on which you know where you want to sit and what what, what school of thought you want to be in I, I i personally don't have any problem with gun stuff uh i I waffle on it myself personally. There's, uh, sorry, uh, disconnected there. I just plugged in my headset cause I was running out of power. Um, oh. Anton hand, hot dogs, horseshoes and hand grenades. I bring them up a lot. I appreciate the ethics of that gun game where you shoot hot dogs. You don't shoot people. And mm -hmm. people are constantly asking for me, you know, asking that developer to put, more human-like targets in uh, their game. And it's just, no, no. And it's a very simple ethical decision for uh, that developer to not take that extra step and put actual humans to shoot in the game. And I think it's a really interesting and notable uh, decision for that developer to make. And I think people should, I, I like to draw attention to it and make sure people know that that decision was made. Um, there was, of course, uh, people who have argued that people can train to kill people in VR. And in fact, that's one of the earliest uses for VR is to more or less practice. Um, the argument, of course, on the other hand, though, for hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades is that there is still, even if you improve things considerably, an enormous, enormous gap between what it means to actually hold a weighty recoil uh, you know, gun that gives you recoil 
what that means, you know, in reality versus, you know, so maybe you can learn some things from a, from a VR headset, but you can't necessarily learn all of them is the implication. But there have been, uh, there was an op-ed written a couple years ago by uh, one of the researchers at Stanford talking about, you know, you need to purposefully design gun games in VR to be different from reality so that people don't train uh, to kill other people with VR headsets. Um, It's, you know, uh, it's one of those things that as VR is going to become more popular, this discussion is going to come up again and again. And we need to be careful about it. And that's kind of the point here with Facebook is even if gun games are, are growing in popularity and making a lot of money on the Quest platform, how directly Facebook wants to be involved in that is uh, a question uh, that they're going to have to grapple with. And Valve has some of the best gun games uh, on Steam. The, there is just so many different ways you could take this conversation. And I don't think that we should get into the uh, the whole ethical debate of whether or not Guns are bad. Guns should be in, you know, okay. You can't, you can't necessarily get into all that in the amount of time that we have. But, you know, if there, there are games where you throw snowballs. Uh, and if you, you could claim that throwing that snowball is training you on how to throw a grenade correctly, you know, or I could play, uh, paintball, in arena. paintball. Yeah. Right. 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 It's paintball. Right. I mean, paintball yeah. is a legit thing. People do that competitively even. Uh, are you training for that? Is that the same? Is is learning how to be a marksman in paintball going to also make you a trained assassin? You know, I mean, there's all sorts of weird ways that you could take this whole conversation. And I think it's just up to each person individually to decide what's good for them, good for their children, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, that's they set the age range starting at 13, um, mm-hmm. even though we know that lots of people put their kids younger than that into these headsets. Um, it's, yeah, we don't, we don't, it's a big discussion that we don't have time for today. It's just, yeah, we want people to, we want to, we need to be thinking about it and we need to keep discussing it. And uh, it's going to be something I think we need to watch for this year because, uh, I think it's going to be a, you know, if, if Quest 2 is, if as Facebook says, the first mainstream VR headset, then it makes sense to uh, appeal to gamers more directly and really try to get them into uh, gun games in VR. Sure, sure. And, and I think everybody's got a different perspective on that, but it is a hot topic still. It is a hot topic. Uh, okay, well, let's move on. And do we have any uh, comments to yeah people talking about how this is a, a common issue i mean like yeah, people had this very debate over action movies in the 80s obviously this is it's been mm-hmm. a debate in video games that already exist for for decades um and of course you know people can actually go to a gun range and kids can go to gun ranges actual real gun ranges and handle real guns and go hunting um, oh, yeah, in absolutely. many places so i mean what's you know what's the harm in as you said cathartic escapism um but it's you know this is a different medium than other mediums this is actually uh training you you know they're using vr headsets to train people to do jobs you can train people to do lots of things in vr and it's a question of you know how much uh what kind of you know there's there's questions about what kind of 
guardrails are in there and what kind of warnings. And we've talked about this before that like, you know, I, I were, I, I wonder how people who don't have a good grip on reality or uh, hate society, um, how they're going to use these headsets that everyone who goes to these VR conventions and talks about uh, VR opening their minds and ethics of VR, you know, Yes, that's true for 90% of people, but what about the few percentage points of people who think about the world differently than you do? Well, when you design Alakazam, stuff thank like you. this, yeah. Oh, what's well, uh, that big red thing? Yeah, they gave us some money. Thank you, Alakazam. And the comment is, in my opinion, if you don't want to play a shooter game or a violence game in a VR, just don't play it. Simple as that. Uh, exactly. Don't stop the process. Yeah. I mean, that's, that. That's yeah, I understand that, yep. that thinking. Yep. In the words of George Carlin, you can always change the channel. Don't have to listen. Okay. Uh, well, we have uh, one more piece of news here that I find very intriguing. Through Lens Clip shows the supremacy of pass-through AR. A short Through the Lens Clip of the upcoming Lynx R1 Mixed Reality headset shows the advantages of pass-through AR over transparent optics wider field of view, and truly opaque virtual objects. Now, I think the critical component here is that this claims, and I'm going to say this, that it claims to be pass-through, which means there's a camera on the outside. It is pumping through the real world and then also augmenting it with the digital stuff on top. Now, the difference between that and something like a HoloLens is that the HoloLens you're seeing through a semi-transparent, semi-reflective display that's putting uh, basically digital images on top of the real world. So there's things like occlusion. There's things like uh, transparent opacity that you have to worry about with this you're basically augmenting a video stream. So it's like uh, it's like CG graphics in a, in a movie, essentially, which can be 100% opaque. Now, I have been looking at this and have been thinking about this. Now, I do believe that pass-through is a solid explanation for the right way to do AR. I think pass-through with, with this sort of setup, I think this is extremely valuable and that they should pursue this. It will not, it'll be a battle. This will be the the, the console wars is pass-through versus actual uh, uh, transparent semi-reflective displays. I wonder though, if this video is truly representative and mm. I, I I know Heaney. I, I brought this up to you during our discussion the other day. Can you put up the image of the camera that they used that they claim to have used to make this setup? And I wanted everybody to see that right here. You can see the real world out here, and then there's very obviously here's the image. But they 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 did a picture of the GoPro setup. Uh, that they use to capture this. And I, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm sure there's an obvious explanation. I'm, I'm sure it's a very obvious, because the, the, the setup that they show for the capture has two cameras, two GoPros. Yeah, here it is. Okay. So if you look at that video and then you look at this setup, so you can see right here where the lens is and you can see here where the, I guess what you're looking into is right here. And then here's the external camera. That's showing that's going out here, but there's this this whole shell, 
And when you look at the video, and I could be wrong, somebody can tell me I'm wrong, but when you look at the video of the uh, setup, it just doesn't feel like this is capturing that video. But I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. I don't know. Ian, what do you think? I'm kind of rambling here. Well, uh, I want to do comment on this for a sec, but I want to say thank you to Alec Azam, who's given us some money. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, please do support us, subscribe to us, uh, become a member. And and we really appreciate the support. And Alec Azam's comment here is, I uh, love the show. I'm growing on AR tech. I think we can make AR glasses that can play games and go to a location and meet up with someone and find other players like in Ready Player One. Um, so I'm skeptical too. It's very tough to believe anything you see AR in a video format because uh, videos actually provide like when you see an even a smartphone-based AR app that's been captured through the phone and then put on Twitter, it can make it look you as a person viewing that are able to process it and get the the impression of what that's supposed to be like. Like we're so trained to accept what movies are telling us as a story that uh, AR videos really click and it makes sense. But the experience of those smartphone AR experiences are always terrible, uh, almost always terrible. And then we don't have great AR headsets yet where the field of view of any AR content. So here's my field of view for a VR headset today. My hands are at the edges of what I'm actually able to see in VR. But if I was to put on a HoloLens, or a Magic Leap one, I would be I would only be able to see augmented content to about here, maybe, maybe even less. And so I'm constantly frustrated that I can't see cool stuff out to here. I can't mm-hmm. see I only see the real world out there. And um, the argument that what what we've got with VR right now is the most spatially smart headset on the market right now is the quest it you know you put on the quest you can set up a room boundary with your fingers and then the headset sort of lets you know with little uh red lines coming up from the ground hey you might want to move that object out of your play space because Mm -hmm. there's actually something in your play space that what i'm just describing is the most advanced spatially understanding we get out of a VR headset today. AR headsets like HoloLens are very, you know, they're mapping out the room always and really doing a very fine job of understanding everything. But they still have that optical problem. And what the reason I'm sort of getting into the weeds here is that uh, when the VR headsets understand as much of the world as like HoloLens does, when it's more than just red lines coming out of the ground, when it's set, when it knows that my couch is over there, it's my TV over here, it's uh, you know a dog walking into the room, my kid coming over here to talk to me. Um, when it when the headset knows all of those things, then we start entering mixed reality. And I I, I hate these discussions on Twitter when people argue about the definitions of all these terms. But we we will have this world where VR headsets and AR headsets do pretty much the same things. It's just one you're going to want to wear out in the real world or one you're only going to wear when you're inside your home 
um, or maybe in like a backyard play area where you've like set up obstacles or something like that. Um, all this is to say is that the see-through optics have such a long way to go, right? You've got you, you if you want to wear something out in the real world, it's got to work with bright lights beaming down, you know, the sunlight, and you've still got to see solid objects, solid virtual objects. We have that's that may still be decades away. It really mm. might be. Mm. I disagree. I disagree with you. I think we're much, much closer than you think. I think I, I, I think that this right here is representative of similar to what we'll end up with from Apple eventually. I think that the pass-through AR – and yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it. I think pass-through AR is the path to go down for AR. Sure. No, what I'm saying is that see-through optics, the ones like HoloLens, uh, mm -hmm. the transparent optics, the ones with HoloLens, uh, the Magic Leap one, where you're seeing through glass to the real world beyond, I'm saying getting solid objects that look solid in every type of environment, that may be many, many years away. This, I'm in agreement with you that this approach, where you've got an opaque display and they're managing every pixel that comes into your eyes is a, a path that makes a lot more sense in the near term. And you expand out the field of view. It's already, the, the, the field of view is already larger than the field of view of the AR optics. And mm -hmm. hopefully in the next generation, we get out even further and it's going out to here. I can't see my hands right now. Um, but like, hopefully we get it out to here and then, uh, uh you actually have color cameras on here. Um, Quest obviously has uh, black and white views of the real world. What we're seeing on this is what it would be, what would be, what we want out of future quests and out of the Apple AR VR headset. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to make a prediction. The way that these uh, cameras on the front of this thing, which, by the way, wh whoever's making this device, please send me one. I'm desperate to try this out. Uh, the Hololens. I've spent thousand, uh, at least a thousand hours on the Hololens. I'd love to see how this varies from that. But I think that a Quest Three is going to have cute little eyes on the front of it, just like this does. And I have a feeling it'll have color cameras, and that it will do what this one says that or claims that it does. I have a feeling because I think I think all Facebook would need to do right now to get something similar to this would be to release the ability to see the external – for the developers to be able to use the external cameras, which is something that developers are screaming about, that they want that feature. I think they're going to have to eventually do it to uh, make this sort of thing possible. No, it, keep in mind, Facebook is – they've used the word broker, I think, uh, to describe mm -hmm. um, them as this intermediary between developers and uh, – consumers the people at home using these headsets so facebook is um they got burned is the best way i can put it by the access they gave to developers on their facebook platform cambridge analytica and all the other examples they let developers basically just promise to be ethical and not misuse data and of course there were, you know, lowest common denominator developers who decided to harvest harvest data off of the Facebook platform 
rather than uh, keeping to that promise that, that Facebook basically asked them to do. I think the writing is on the wall. It's clear that Facebook doesn't want to repeat what they did there with their VR and AR platform. So they're intermediating, they're standing as a wall between consumers and developers and only letting developers access to certain information. So it would be possible for Facebook to let developers know there's a couch, there's a chair, there's magazines on the table, there's portraits on the wall, but without letting the developers themselves know all, you know, seeing the raw data, they can give them just certain amounts of data and they and Facebook could frankly pick which developers they want to give those extra APIs in order to, you know, not repeat what they did with their previous Facebook platform. Um, so I don't, I don't know that they're going to ever give developers full access to all the camera data. See, I think they're going to have to. I think they'll be forced to because all their competitor, it'll be peer pressure. Peer pressure will force them to allow this because I think the Quest 3 could very well be the highest selling consumer pass-through AR device if Facebook allows it to be. There, that's a good quote. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. What is this, Heaney? What, 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 what? This looks internal. This is, some sort. I think this is an example of uh, them doing, you know, these are Facebook. I think these are some of their advanced Facebook avatars. Uh, oh, spatial. Okay. Mm. That's right. Okay, so Spatial has access to the Oculus Quest uh, passer API. So they are, you're right. They are giving it out yeah. to some developer. We're both right, kind of, in a way. We're both wrong in a way, too. What you said about it, about the, you know, having to pick specific developers that you trust. Yeah. Spatial's been around for a long time. That's a name I've heard quite a number of times over the years. They're legit folks. They know what they're doing. And Oh, I can't wait. Can't you wait until our avatars look like this, Ian? It's going to be so yummy yeah, I know. to have avatars like this. I've tried yeah. these avatars in Spatial, and they're they still coming out a little weird. Um, you know, because they, they you take the photo, and yeah, it's kind of yeah. looks a little weird. Hey, it's a good start. It's a good yep. start. Yeah. So do we have anything in our uh, comments? Take a look. Yeah, uh, people are, you know, people are commenting about the difference between AR and VR. Um, obviously that, you know, we can't wear those, that bulky headset out in the real world. We're not going to wake, we're not going to walk around with that headset in the real world. We need to have really small, uh, gear for that. And everyone is aware of that. Um, let's see. Yeah. Toby eye tracking. We've, 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 Toby eye tracking is impressive. Every company has an eye tracking company, but it, the issue is it needs to work on a hundred percent of people or very, it, very near a hundred percent of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the eye tracking, uh, I have, um, uh, unfortunately very long eyelashes and, uh, I have trouble with, you know, I have long luscious eyelashes. Thank you very much. And it, it screws with, the eye tracking, and I've tried several versions of it, and I know a few folks that have, uh, you know, uh, bad eyes for other reasons, and as a result, it can't track them either. It's it's a challenge to come up with something that'll accommodate everyone, but I think just like the IPD, it'll do most, and that's good enough to get a product out. So I think eye tracking mm -hmm. is definitely a must. 
uh, probably in the quest three. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the comment from Ryan here, um, looking forward to a time when AR glasses are mainstream. I have vision issues and it would be sweet to be able to use AR glasses to augment my vision. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing we kind of expect. I, Carmack, John Carmack, the technical guide at Facebook has sort of hinted that, uh, AR glasses that improve your vision or let you see telescopically uh, would be a, a killer feature right off the bat uh, for these devices. And um, I think that's kind of like the the underlying issue here where these companies have to learn how to make these things work on all sorts of faces. We still get... And, and obviously, reach out to us, tips at uploadvr.com if you've had an issue. But we, we hear from commenters who are putting Quest 2s on their faces, and it's aggravating the skin where it's contacting their faces, and they're getting irritation. So Facebook obviously came out and said that some Quest 2s are doing this, and, and there's a small percentage of people who are reporting this issue. I myself have had a little bit of the skin irritation issue with the Quest. But it's it's a great example of how, you know, not everyone's body chemistry is the same. And mm-hmm. some people have allergic reactions to things that other people don't. And so there just has to be an extraordinary amount of user testing on various people in order to get all of this right and not make it hurt anybody. And it's a long road that's going to take years and years and years to, to pull off. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Mike, you know, one size into, fits some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in my larger days, I used to joke that, uh, one size fits all stuff. It should actually just say one size fits everybody, but Kyle. And <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate whenever I see one size, I go, Oh, Oh, who decided that that was appropriate? This wouldn't fit me. And it definitely wouldn't fit other people. I know. And it's a notable challenge. that the Apple watch notable that the Apple watch comes in multiple sizes. There's a small size one and a large size one for different wrist sizes. And that's, I think that's typical. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see multi-sized, uh apple headsets oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and that's the beauty isn't it that we're all different we're all a little different and that's what makes life interesting well i'll tell you what ian this has uh been a very i'm very impressed with the amount of interaction that we had with this so thank you to the folks who are watching live on youtube and chatting in our in our live chat it just it makes us feel like we have an audience and and that's ultimately you know, I appreciate this comment so much. Yeah, I, we, we mm-hmm. love commenting. We love communicating with you. We're sorry if we didn't uh, read back your comment or interact with it. We do read these comments and they do influence our thinking. And uh, we love reading out these useful, interesting comments. And it's it's such a great we've got we love this format and we're getting better all the time. And thank you for joining us. And of course, subscribe, become a member, support us. Uh, we're going to ask the hard questions and we're going to we're going to get we're we're ramping up our interviews so keep coming mm-hmm. back to our channel um we're going to be having a lot more interviews in vr with uh some of the people building some amazing stuff out there i want to say shout out here to mike ward draws thank you for uh shirking your work to watch us and uh make funny comments about the uh 
the t-shirt comment that I made. Thank you. That's, that's, that's really funny. Yeah, I, I do want to encourage everyone to go out to uploadvr.com, check out our YouTube page, all the stuff that Ian said, and more. Plenty of stuff going on. Did you have something else you want to add, Ian? Oh, just Daniel. Uh, I didn't say it was shadow news coming tomorrow, but uh, it's related to your question. You'll want, you'll, you'll want to check our site tomorrow. Ooh. Everyone check our site tomorrow. We've got some good stuff. Very good. All right. Well, I think we should wrap this up. What do you say? Yep. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We'll see you in the future.